Thank you, Jennifer. Appreciate you playing. I'd like to welcome all of you here to the house of the Lord as uh, we uh, look unto Him. Uh, this uh, holiday season, uh, the world, uh, some, some of them look unto Him at this time of year. Our uh, sister played Silent Night uh, for us. And you know, uh, it was probably uh, weather like we're having now, that um, where it was uh, cool but not real cold, but certainly not warm, when the uh, shepherds were out in the field. And uh, they were watching their sheep. The, uh, this was uh, in the spring. The sheep were uh, uh, giving birth uh, to the lambs. And they needed to watch them uh, uh, to see if they needed help and to protect them. And uh, as we read in the scriptures uh, on that uh, silent night, uh, the, um, it became not so silent with the uh, angel of the Lord appearing unto those shepherds. And soon all of the heavenly hosts, the entire sky being lit up, uh, filled with the heavenly hosts who were singing and praising God. It must have been quite a sight to, uh, to see that and to be those shepherds there that evening. But that's not the part that I want to uh, bring you, draw your attention to. For the uh, she- uh, angel told the shepherds that uh, they um, were to go uh, to Bethlehem, that there was uh, born uh, the gift of God. For their salvation, and told them specifically where to go. Bethlehem was uh, was not a little village, wasn't a big city, but uh, somehow they knew how to go. We don't know what how the angel directed them, but they uh, they came there to uh, the uh, cattle stall, and um, they knocked on the door and uh, and entered in and. Uh, and it was just, uh, it was just a, a young mother and her infant son there in that uh, uh, place. Uh, a very uh, humble setting, nothing uh, terribly, uh, certainly never, nothing terribly spectacular like they had just witnessed. And you know, our, uh, our God uh, many times works this way. He chooses the simple... Base things of the uh, of this world to um, to uh, serve as his testimony, as his witness of his love and uh, of his power and uh, of his truth. And uh, but even though uh, it was uh, just a a young mother and her small child. And you think about uh, what um, the witness of the Spirit that must have been there in that time and that place. How the Spirit witnessed to those shepherds of um, the uh, validity and of the uh, nobility of that uh, young child. That he was their king. That he is our king. And that he had uh, come to earth to save uh, mankind. And so uh, we, uh, we need to listen to that still small voice as we're told, the voice of the Spirit 
or even in the simple things, he, uh, he brings his witness and uh, he tells us uh, of, the, uh, of the truth. And so um, with that thought in mind, uh, shall we uh, stand and sing uh, hymn 156 as we uh, continue on in our worship of the uh, Son of God. Father, maker of heavenly peace, with joy in our hearts, 
we bow before you now. And thank you, Father, for drawing us together and assembling us here today on this beautiful, beautiful day that only you could have made. And we come now, Father, to ask you to prepare each and every heart and each and every mind to receive upon them an outpouring of Your Holy Spirit. And by Thy Spirit, we might discern Your will for us this day. I pray, Father, that that Spirit would rest heavily upon my brother Bill as he brings to us the words that You would have us to hear. We come now, Father, to worship that gift which You have given to the entire world, the gift of Your only begotten Son, whose birth we prepare to celebrate. We praise Him, Father, we give glory and honor unto You and pray that Thy will might be done in all things. And we pray this in the sweet and lovely name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. forgot to mention that our brother Trenton is uh, ill this morning and uh, also uh, uh, sister Audrey who was going to uh, play with Jennifer is ill so you might remember them. Uh, how much uh, do we um, how much do we give? You know we're we have uh, in the scriptures to give 10% of our increase that for those of you who uh, are in charge of your accounting uh, and uh, uh, bookkeeping for your household, you know as well as I do that you can make those numbers look how you want them to look. And so how, how much is it that we give? Well, we, we give that which um, we, uh, I believe, are led by the Lord to give and that which we know is needful. And then he asks us even after we have given that, that Sometimes that we uh, offer even uh, uh, further things beyond that. And so um, may the Lord guide you uh, and lead you in, in that which uh, you feel important to uh, return to him today. Will you bow with me? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so blessed with uh, the uh, abundance in this land and uh, the abundance in our lives and uh, we praise and uh, we thank you for uh, your many blessings towards uh, each of us and towards our families. 
We pray, Lord, that uh, we might uh, give that which uh, is needful for the uh, continuation of the operation of your church and uh, for uh, that which uh, must take place um, through uh, the work uh, of this uh, branch. Uh, may you guide and direct us. May you uh, give us uh, wisdom uh, that we would be uh, good stewards over that which uh, you have supplied with us. And so we uh, thank you, Lord, and we um, give you uh, the praise and the honor and pray that that which we give, uh, uh, that, that it, the glory uh, might be to you in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Chosen two passages of scripture for your consideration this day. As we continue with those thoughts of this time in which we live, this special occasion that we are about to celebrate. And the first one is found very familiar scripture in Isaiah, the ninth chapter, sixth verse. For unto us, a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Then from Luke, second chapter, 10th, 11th verse. And this is speaking to Zacharias. No, excuse me. This is uh, speaking to the shepherds. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, 
but should be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. wish to greet greet everyone that's gathered here in this room this day in the name of Jesus Christ our Savior that Prince of Peace what a glorious thing it is in this time in which we live that we can come together and celebrate His birth
if I were to say anything this morning, it would be that Jesus Christ wishes to greet you too in this place, in this very hour, in this very time. That He might walk with us daily. The theme for the month of December is He is the glad tidings of great joy. And certainly as we are about to celebrate His birth at this Christmas season, this is that sharing of this glad tidings that I'd like to present before you this day. I'd like to share a little bit about the angel Gabriel and his influence during this time of Christ's birth. And reading from uh, Luke, first chapter, 18th and 19th verses. And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? The angel answered and said unto him, I am Gabriel, who stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee these glad tidings. So Zacharias was the first one that we realized that Gabriel visited during this time, during these few months just before Christ's birth, to bring him these glad tidings of great joy. And in uh, this book, Heaven is for Real, I'm sure many of you have read it, It's a story about a little boy, astounding story of his trip to heaven and back. His appendix burst and that poison was throughout his body. And he went through several operations. And then finally he was permitted to transcend out of his body and into heaven. And I'd like to read uh, just a short passage concerning this angel, Gabriel, in, in this book, Heaven is for Real. Now this was written by his father, co-authored by Lynn, uh, I think it was... Uh, Yes, Lynn Vincent, who was an acclaimed author in her own right, she partnered with Todd Burpo, who was this young boy's name. His name was Colton. And this is that book, Heaven is for Real. And then the account about this angel Gabriel, who I'd like to share with you this morning. 
Now this was when Todd was putting Colton to bed. He's reading his bedtime story. And they were discussing the throne room. And this is Todd Burpo's reply here. Excuse me, this is Colton's reply here. And do you know that Jesus sits right next to God? Colton went on excitedly. Jesus' chair is right next to his dad's. There was no way a four-year-old could know that. There is one way to find out. This is his question to Colton. Colton, which side of God's throne was Jesus sitting on, I asked. And Colton climbed up on his bed and faced me on his knees. Well, pretend you're in God's house. Jesus sat right there, he said, pointing to my right side. And of course, he went on to think about the passage in Hebrew where it states that Christ would sit on the right hand of the throne of God. But now I had another question, one I didn't know the answer to, at least not an answer from the Bible. Well, who sits on the other side of God's throne, I said. Oh, that's easy, Dad. That's where the angel Gabriel is. He's really nice. So I believe this young boy who was only three years old and eight months when he had this experience. And now, just a couple months later, he's at age of four, he's relating some of these things that he experienced when he's on the other side. And I thought that was interesting, and I thought that I'd like to share with you that he saw Gabriel on the left side of God. And that scripture I read to you, that it tells us that He sits, no, excuse me, he stands. He stands at the, stands in the presence of God. And the angel said unto him, I'm Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and am sent to speak these things and show you these glad tidings. And this was just a few months before Christ's birth when uh, he spoke these words to Zachariah, Zacharias, excuse me. And we find that in uh, this meeting with Gabriel to Zacharias, that Zacharias was a priest in the temple. And it was his lot to burn incense. And uh, to keep that fire of incense burning uh, continually. And his wife's name was Elizabeth, who was barren. They had no children. And he he executed the priest's office before God. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord 
standing on the right side of the altar of incense. The angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. So evidently, Zacharias had been praying for some time for this gift of his son. And they were well stricken in years, but I'm sure he was still praying that prayer to his Heavenly Father. And it says here that thy prayer has been heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and shall call his name John. And in the sixth month of her pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail! Thou virgin, who art hardly favored of the Lord, the Lord is with thee, for thou art chosen and blessed among women. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Now this was Mary's glad tidings of great joy to her. And uh, to Zacharias, his son, uh, and they were told that his name should be John. And here he's telling Mary that his name should be called Jesus. And continuing the story, an angel answered and said unto her, for she said uh, unto the angel, How can this be? And the angel answered and said unto her, Of the Holy Ghost and the power of the highest, therefore also that holy child that thou that shall be born unto thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren, for with God nothing can be impossible. And I'd like to pause for just a moment to bring that thought out again to you, that with God nothing can be impossible. And that was the reason why Zacharias continued in his prayer knowing that this was something that was possible through God's blessing to him. And Elizabeth's full time came and she delivered and brought forth a son. And you know that Zacharias was struck dumb because he didn't believe the angel. And then as she delivered, it was the eighth day that they took John 
to have him circumcised. And they were going to call his name Zacharias after his father's name. And they asked of him what should he be his name. And uh, being struck dumb, he asked for a tablet to write on. And he wrote, his name is John. And his mouth was immediately open and he spake with his tongue and praised God. Now we know that this man, John, became John the Baptist. And reading again in this book, Heaven is for Real, I'd like to present to you this another Colton experience about John the Baptist. We had taught Colton about our faith all his life, but if he had really seen Jesus and the angels, I wanted to become a student, not the teacher. Hey, Colton, I said, remember when we were in the car and you talked about sitting on Jesus' lap? Still on his knees, he looked up at me. Yeah. Well, did anything else happen? He nodded, eyes bright. Did you know that Jesus has a cousin? Jesus told me his cousin baptized him. Yes, you were right. I said the Bible says Jesus' cousin's name was John. Mentally, I scolded myself. Don't offer information. Just let him talk. And this is Colton's reply. I don't remember his name, Colton said happily, but he was really nice. So we have another encounter of this young man and his experience in heaven. That he saw this John the Baptist, and he is very nice. And he related to him that he was a cousin of Jesus, and so it was. He saw the completely restored body of John the Baptist in that moment, I believe, where his soul and his body were there in his presence, completely restored. We know that John was beheaded just prior to the crucifixion of Christ. So that tells me that we have a reason to rejoice in that good gift and blessing of God. And then as I read that Gabriel appeared unto Mary and told her that nothing is impossible with God, and we are to keep praying, keep, keep praying for one another. We know those that we lift up to God daily in our prayers. But we are to continually pray for them each and every day that we might prevail upon God, that it might be His will and His timing to bestow those gifts and blessings upon those that we've been praying for.
Now then it came to pass, those very familiar terms that we read quite often in the Book of Mormon. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all his empire should be taxed. And all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from city, from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, she being great with child. Now, according to the internet, there that distance between Nazareth and the city of Bethlehem is approximately 70 miles by the way the crow flies. But it's closer to 80 or 90 miles traversing that route that they took from Nazareth to the city of Bethlehem. And it is north of Bethlehem, those many miles. And it's even north of Jerusalem, and Jerusalem is just about six and a half miles from Bethlehem. So this must have been an arduous journey for Mary, who was in her ninth month, perhaps traveling on the back of a donkey. That was her only means of travel. I'm sure she didn't walk that distance. Joseph perhaps had that use of the donkey to be that way of conveyance for her. But she was determined. She knew what had happened to her in that gift of the Holy Ghost that was upon her. She being a virgin. And she was told that she would be the mother of our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ. So it was, while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was none to give room for them in the inns. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, an angel of the Lord appeared unto them. Now it doesn't specify that this was that angel Gabriel, but it says the angel. And I truly believe that this was Gabriel once again appearing before those shepherds. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. But the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill to men.
I often wondered why it was the shepherds that this angel appeared unto to tell them of this good news, these glad tidings. Perhaps because of of their humbleness or their lowly estate. Maybe they were servants of those that owned that flock of sheep, those sheep. Or just because maybe they were keepers of those sacrificial lambs. In whatever case, these lowly shepherds were visited by that angel and the multitude of the hosts that were singing those praises before them. These glad tidings of great joy, which are for each of us this day as well, as we consider this precious gift that has been given to us. That angel Gabriel truly is speaking to you and to me this day. For unto you is born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Jesus paid that price for our redemption and eternal life which is the greatest of all gifts. We're told that that is the most and most precious and holy gift that we can have, that gift of the Holy Ghost. He is the only way to find our way back home to God. Then the last bit of that conversation with that little boy Colton, I'd like to read that same connotation that I just spoke to you about, that that's the only way we can find our way back to God is through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And this is Todd's father speaking again. I needed to run some errands, so I put Casey and Colton in my red Chevy truck. Now, Casey was Colton's older sister by just under three years. So she was around seven years old at this time, and Colton was only four and drove a few blocks into town. I was mulling over my responsibilities for the day, thinking of head ahead to the family communion service. Then I realized it was a religious holiday. I had a captive audience right here in my truck. Hey, Colton, today is Good Friday. I said, do you know what Good Friday is? Colton's Casey started bouncing up and down on the bench seat and waved her hand in the air like an eager student. Oh, I know. I know. I don't know, Colton said. I glanced over at Casey. Okay, 
what, what's Good Friday? That's the day Jesus died on the cross. Yep, that's right, Casey. Do you know why Jesus died on the cross? At this, she stopped bouncing and started thinking. When she didn't come up with anything right away, I said, Colton, do you know why Jesus died on the cross? He nodded. Surprising me a bit. Okay, why? Well, Jesus told me he died on the cross so that we could see his dad. Colton's answer to my question was the simplest and sweetest declaration of gospel I have ever heard. For a couple of minutes, I cruised along in silence. And I turned to him and smiled. Hey, do you want to preach this Sunday? That's the words of the pastor of the Wesleyan Church there in Imperial, Nebraska, that small town. That is a very good book. I recommend it to you. Heaven is for real. There's many other incidents in that that brings to life what it will be like in heaven when we are permitted to enter into those gates and uh, sup with our Lord and partake of that tree of life and live forever with Him. That is that gift and blessing that He desires for us to have this day and those days that were just ahead. That tree of life is to going to produce 12 different types of fruit, we're told. And the leaves are for the healing of the nations. And we're told in the second chapter of the book of Revelation, seventh verse, that that tree of life is in the midst of paradise in this moment of eternity. So we have that solace to think of those of our departing loved ones, that they have opportunity to partake of that tree of life and to live forever with our Lord and with God, His Father. Jesus truly wants to be one in spirit with us. Like that oneness that He has with His Father. He wants to be that spirit of truth in our bodies who is our comforter, our guide, our protector, enjoying His holy peace as we move about this earth. And in that power and shield of defense and that gift of the Holy Ghost, what an awesome gift this is. That it will be that defense against all the fiery darts of the Satan. 
He wants to be our truest friend. Walking hand in hand with Him down life's journey. Have you ever thought about that? Taking hold of the Savior's hand and walking with Him daily. He wants to be one in spirit with us as He is one in spirit with God, Father. He wants to instill in us that friendship in His holy love. All we have to do is whisper His name. Sweet Jesus, come on to me. Or in those moments of distress, help me, Jesus. Help me. On my 70th birthday, I was in a canoe on a pond in northern Maine in high elevations. And my birthday was September 30th. And we were fly fishing for trout on that lake, my brother-in-law and myself. And um, we had fish, caught some trout, and it was about to to leave because we were supposed to get back for the birthday party at their home. It was quite a drive, so I was pulling up the anchor on this canoe, and it was quite heavy, and I didn't realize the weight of it, and as I pulled it up to the side of the canoe, I was sitting in the back, and the weight of that anchor just pulled that canoe right over, and out I went. And I remember in this day, those few words that I spoke in that moment. God, help me. And as that canoe turned over on its side and finally turned all the way over, I was trying to grab onto it and hold myself up with all my clothes that I had on. And uh, hurriedly, my brother-in-law came over with his canoe. We were fishing alone in the individual canoes and got to me and finally got me up out of that water and it was cold it was terribly cold but I thank God for that gift and blessing that quick moment that response God help me and all I lost was my second pair of glasses and my flip phone at the time of course it was dead But everything in the canoe and uh, fishing rod and everything was all there. And it was just amazing to me that that moment in time. And I just thought I'd bring that little episode of my life to you. Nothing is impossible with God. So as we journey down this road of life together, let us be very in tune with this Holy Spirit. And with that hand that's reached out to us, that right hand of our Lord, to guide us 
to share with us that joy that we are to have, especially in this season, this season of great joy, as we celebrate that birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. God wants for us to unwrap His most special and precious gift this Christmas season. We know that we're going to be sharing a lot of gifts this season with those that we love and of our friends. But He wants us to unwrap the most precious and special gift that He has for you to unwrap this Christmas season. And that's the gift of His Son and His holy love. I'd like to read just a short passage of Scripture from the sixteenth, excuse me, from the fifteenth chapter of the Book of Romans, the thirteenth chapter. Now the God of hope. Fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. So this hope is what I believe that God is trying to encourage us to have in this joyous season. With all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. I was thinking I was going to use just one verse of the special, one of my very special carol, Christmas carols. And uh, I'd like to share with you just one verse. And I hope that you pay attention to the words. It always brings me great joy to hear this. And uh, I thank uh, Jennifer for playing it before us. Silent Night. Silent Night Shepherds quake at the sight. Glory stream from heaven afar. Heavenly hosts sing Christmas season.
bow with me. Our most kind, dear Heavenly Father, we uphold this thy people to thy throne of grace and ask that that love given on that day when thy Son was given as a gift to us might envelop each one of us as we go into our homes and the places that we attend, that we might be able to share that love with all those that are round about us. So, Heavenly Father, we uphold this congregation at this time and ask that you might go with them as we depart. We thank you for the opportunity to come and to worship in this house. And we pray this in the name of my Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.